Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is our patron episode for July 2021, and this one's going to be a big one because we're going to have some... Uh, uh, I think there's gonna be some friction here, and by friction I mean our friend <laughs> and Seven Legend. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sam. Oh, there was a lot no. of friction a little bit ago with uh, some, Sam here. There was some friction earlier. It's quite a bit of friction. If you were that is this is why everyone mm-hmm. should watch the live stream. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is why yeah, you should you watch the, the live stuff. stream so you can see the friction. <laughs> Or um, be uh, a supporter on Patreon so you get the uh, pre-show banter so you can find out what friction we're talking about. Um, how you doing, Sam? How's it going? I'm fantastic. It's my birthday today. So Happy birthday! Happy birthday. birthday! That's great. Um, please I don't like birthdays. birthdays. I'll leave. Toasty um, <laughs> doesn't like birthdays. I am... the In 7, the legend has turned 27. So... For those of God, you, who, older than you who understand that reference, uh, nice. And for those who don't, look it up. <laughs> I made that reference before, saying that you should have made the legend in seven because it sounds like the legend 27. And you didn't know what I was talking about when I said that. And I'm very upset. Toasty, you're very upset about everything all the time. You? <laughs> that's, that's just Toasty's natural personality. So that's true. You, you can't take that personally. Um, but we are here with a bunch of patrons to talk about the endings of the Mass Effect trilogy and which one is seven the best we're here one with seven the best one seven seven endings what no we're here with seven patrons this time oh seven did you count I didn't do the counting yet it was from it was from cyberpunk you were one off I was one off so are we still one off at seven yeah it looks like we are um so we have seven plus one patrons here um I'm just gonna go through the list and welcome everybody Lena welcome how's it going it's going good Happy to be here. Thank Good. you. Yeah, we just chatted on the Cyberpunk Lorecast. Thanks for joining both shows. That's awesome. And staying up late. It's late over in Germany, I'm sure. Um, then we have, eh, she's like, yeah, whatever. I'm a night owl. Then we have Kather. Or should we, Kather, should we call you by your your nickname? Uh, you can't. We should just do that from now on because I'm literally changing it as soon as this thing's over with on Discord if I, if I figure out how to do it. Okay. Turbo okay. Toboggan. Turbo Toboggan. This is now Turbo, Turbo Toboggan. toboggan. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> then we have Sarah. Sarah, welcome back. Hi, thanks. I was Vervada last time, but I decided yes. to go by my my name. Well, there my you go. Name. Yeah, and we're we're using a different chat program, so you can actually change your names on here. So we can actually, you guys can put whatever name you want me to use, and that's totally cool. Uh, and then we have Toasty T O E S dash T E A. Welcome back to the show, Toasty. Toasty, uh, and now I'm leaving the show. Toasty's Goodbye. leaving the show. He's no longer supporting <laughs> any of the things that I do. Uh, and then we have Teacup. Teacup, how's it going? Going good. Good. Awesome. Awesome. And Hool the Fool at a, is at a baseball game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My living room's a mess right now, so I'm like, I'm just going to put a background. That's great. That looks that looks fun. There's no you're all by yourself at a baseball game. The, the crowd is empty. I mean, it's Toronto right now and you're only allowed 50,000 people in the stadium, so it's going to look like this. Yeah, there you go. And then we have Stagger and Stumble. Welcome to the show. What's up? What's up? And then we have Mitch. Mitch is here. 
Hi, uh, it's Psych88 over on the Discord, but uh, this is my old Zoom account, and it autoed my name on it. Well, there so, you go. Well, now everybody yeah. knows your real name. And if you need I me know. to mute that out, then I can just... Nah, it's okay. Back, I can go back through with that thing and just kind of bleep it. So every time no I say your name in the show, it'll be like, hey, wh hey, what do you think about that? Yeah, because, you know, we don't have a, another curse word that rhymes with that already, right? Uh, switch? No. <laughs> I'm going to keep throwing out words until I find it. Um, but yeah. welcome back to the show, guys. All right. So so we've got we've got a bunch of different endings. This is Mass Effect. We've got a bunch of different endings. We've got a lot of debate about this. N7, you're the expert with these. What's what is the best way to prepare this fiesta, this smorgasbord of debate? I think we need to do a little bit of COIA here and say spoilers uh, for anyone <laughs> listening. So. This is going to be the most spoiler heavy episode of the Mass Effect lore cast yet. So if you've already written a review where you've complained about spoilers, then beware. You're going to have to write another review and complain about this one. <laughs> yeah. Change mine to a one star. There you go. Change it. Change all the reviews to one stars and say they just spoil everything. I hate this show. That being said, if you are brand new to the game, you don't care much about spoilers, uh, then you should know that there are three, primarily three different types of endings for the trilogy. Um, there's green, blue, and red. And if we refer to any of the endings as control, destroy, or synthesis, then just remember that destroy means red, control means blue, and synthesis means green. And those are the three primary endings to the trilogy. Uh, there's a fourth one as well, which is kind of like a hidden ending, you you could say, uh, but it's called the refuse or reject ending. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've got these three different endings. Uh, there's so N7. Is there a an overall consensus on the internet about okay, this one's generally considered the good one. This one's generally considered the yeah. bad one. So I'd say the, the the overwhelming consensus on the internet and in Mass Effect forums pretty much everywhere is that the destroy ending, the red ending, uh, red, a color typically associated with Renegade, um, mm -hmm. important to note, is considered the good ending. And in this ending, Shepard decides to destroy all of the Reapers, not repurpose them or uh, repurpose all of organic life into a new framework with synthetic life. But instead, Shepard chooses to destroy all of the Reapers. And with that, every AI that exists in the universe, or I'm sorry, not the universe, the Milky Way. Uh, so I'm sorry, but that also means that the Geth are on the chopping block in this ending as well. There's oh, a stipulation. Uh, so I'm sorry, ending. real quick. Uh, Sovereign is here as well. And I, I just didn't notice because the camera's not on. So uh, I've got a list over here. Sovereign, welcome. Welcome to the show. I'm sorry I missed you. It's all good. Apparently my broadcast has to buy a webcam for the next one. Oh, sorry. Uh, we switched platforms and I, I'm not used to looking at this platform because it didn't show me where it would have said like, oh, there's somebody here, but not, not on webcam. So sorry, sorry to jump on there. I just wanted to throw Sam, that up. I have a question about the guest, about that, the any he just said. Sure. Okay. Uh, the guests that, are, that have bonded with, like, I forget what, how they term it, but the ones that are actually in the suits trying to help the uh, Quarians, do they survive? Since they're not in the guest, like their guest bodies, they're in Quarian suits. Do they survive? Since they commune and since they are kind of like, a, you know, each body is just a platform, right? Uh, the geth is is kind of like a neural network. My guess would be no. 
Uh, They don't stipulate that any gets survive. I mean, it seems like a pretty blanket statement there at the end. And I would imagine that it's, it's all AI. Yeah. That makes sense to me too. Okay. So I'm sorry. I I cut you off in seven. Not a problem. Um, so I was going to say that the destroy ending has a special stipulation. And that is that if you get your galactic readiness, quote unquote, the readiness rating, uh, from the original trilogy high enough, and you have enough war assets, you've recruited enough alliances, yada, yada, yada. Then, uh, it turns out that at the very end, I believe it's after the credits, maybe it's, it's either right before or right after the credits, the very end, you see a very short cutscene of Shepard amongst the rubble of what might be the Citadel or the, the crucible or whatever, what have you, uh, breathing. And it has been confirmed by the developers, by the writers of uh, Mass Effect, that that is an ending in which Shepard lives. Mm-hmm. So there is a special step stipulation there. Not everyone that chooses the destroy ending is going to receive Shepard living. There's you have to have enough readiness for that to happen. Right. And according to the wiki chart on IGN, if you have a readiness of above four thousand, and you pick the destruction ending, then Shepard lives. If Anderson survived and above 5,000 means he lives regardless with the, with the destroy ending. So, so those are the only ways to get Shepard to survive. It seems that's interesting uh, that they put the stipulation in there about Anderson, because I thought that the game kind of led us to believe that no matter what happens, Anderson dies. But I, I think I know where it's going with that. Uh, probably in the conversation between the elusive man, Anderson and Shepard, there is an interrupt that you can do where you can at least temporarily save Anderson. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. And then, so yeah, there's no other stipulations with the other endings like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. if your readiness isn't high enough, uh, I know the synthesis one isn't even available. At least that's the way it was in the original trilogy. And if, if it's really low, I think you only have the destroy ending available. You don't even have the control ending. Yeah, absolutely. So it says uh, zero to 1749, you only have destruction ending at 1750. The control ending opens up, but synthesis doesn't open up as an option until you're above 2800. So those are the details. So if anybody's doing a playthrough and you're looking at your numbers and you're trying to just make sure you hit a certain number, that's where you're at. So why don't we open this up to everybody? Because uh, some of this is interesting because it it seems kind of counterintuitive. You know, the red renegade ending is actually the one that seems to be generally considered the good one. Do you guys what do you, what are your thoughts on this? Do, I'm when, sorry to interject right oh, go here, ahead. Tom, go but ahead. um we do have a poll that we should mention. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. I did this poll because the last time that we had talked about the endings we actually put out a, a little poll but there weren't many votes in fact last time there were only about 25 votes and this time we got much more of a response so i think that our sample size in the poll might be a more fair representation of the mass effect fan base and i want to mention this before we go in and in, into our patrons uh, opinions that way in case anyone's listening they're wondering well is that really representative this is the results of our poll which garnered let's see 125 votes and that's the final result it just closed uh, at showtime and destroy ending sees 64 percent 64 percent of poll respondents said that they wanted or that they thought the destroy or red ending was the right ending wow that's like right at two-thirds that's right at two-thirds that's an amazing 
coincidence. Okay. It is, it is a pretty good coincidence. And, um, synthesis, the green ending, uh, polled at 26% control the blue ending, which is in my opinion, by far the most unpopular ending it pulled at 9% and 1% of the respondents actually said the refuse slash reject ending was hmm. the best one. Hmm. So, all right. So I have some questions for you guys and there's a bunch of us. So I'm going to try and make this as easy as we possibly can do it. Um, so raise your hand or if you're sovereign chime in and say, uh, uh say toasty. Uh, if you agree with this, um, when you first played through this, the first ending you got, which one did you choose? Raise your hand if you chose destruction. Hell yeah. This is great for Toasty. an audio platform, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to count it out. So we got how many hands? How many hands up? One, two, toasty. three, four, and a toasty. So that's five, right? Okay. How many chose the control ending? Nobody? Nobody chose control. Okay. And then how many of you chose synthesis? One, two, three. Three shows synthesis. So this is fairly accurate wrong. with your what wrong? <laughs> what was that? Was that was that a uh, did I get the number wrong or were you just like, no, that's the wrong. That's the wrong solution to the problem. I have a wrong question. solution. OK, gotcha. Uh, Kather, go ahead. Um, weapons when we when we first played it, there wasn't a synthesis option. That means you didn't have a high enough. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, when I first played it, I didn't, I, I, I didn't think that the, you did, I didn't have the DLC. I thought you had to have the DLC to play some synthesis. I think that ending was there before the DLC was even there. It yeah. was, okay. it was always in there. I think though, Rejected did you have to import one, one of your characters like from the past Mass Effect to get the ending? It's or no? Because I didn't have any of the past Mass. I start out on three, and I just, I didn't, I didn't know because I had a high enough ending hmm. that my shepherd, I thought my shepherd lived. But it was, it's been a while since I first played it, but I just didn't think synthesis was there when you first came out. My guess is if you uh, if you only played three and you didn't import your shepherd, you may have skipped out or not been able to garner enough war assets to enable the synthesis ending. Oh, yeah. So it, it could have factored in that way. Um, I guess I was but, just stuck with uh, destroying me then. Yeah, you okay. may have been. Um, okay, so that's that's interesting. Toasty? I would just like to say that it's really weird that I'm here because I have not yet experienced any of the Mass Effect 3 endings because I've never played Mass Effect 3. <laughs> well, that's, that's but fine. based on my intense research on YouTube uh -huh. of just watching the endings um, and because I'm leaving like right now because I got to wake up early for work, uh, I say that it's Ter it, it's really terrible to either wipe out an entire race enslave an entire race or hive mind the entire like population of the universe uh -huh. so the reject ending is the best good day <laughs> have a good night toasty <laughs> thanks for joining us bye bye Boom. twin drops drops the <laughs> drops the mic okay so um oh now i have to read read adjust our our setup so everybody can see everybody's faces um okay so here's here's a, a question for you guys then so after you played through it the first time, how many of you decided that the best ending was a different ending than what you originally picked? So that's what? One, two, three. Lena, is that it? That's just a hand over mouth. I don't think that's an agreement. Okay. Interesting. So how many of you thought that the ending you picked originally was still the right ending? 
Interesting. It's a little bit more. Oh, wait, wait, is this is this our right? We're picking our right ending or the ending we picked afterwards? Then. How many? I'm asking how many. That second question was how many of you agree that the first ending you picked was the right one? Oh. I thought it was what we picked the second time, second playthrough. No, the first time. Um, okay, interesting. Okay, so so for most of you, you would have stuck with the same thing. This like you still believe the first choice was the correct answer. Interesting. Okay. Well, here, why don't we open this up a little bit and um, let's let's discuss each of these kind of in order. How who agrees that destruction? Let's let's do the most controversial at the beginning. What do you you want to go most controversial to least controversial? Or maybe we should go least controversial to most controversial. What do you think about that? I think uh, let's save the hottest takes for last. Hottest takes for last. Okay, so generally speaking, destruction ending generally considered by by far majority say that this is a good one. Who disagrees with that and why? All right, here we go. (laughs) I saw Teacup's hand go first. I think it really depends on what choices your shepherd makes on if it's the right ending. Because if you have a shepherd who, again, spoilers, who decides to save the council over humanity in Mass Effect 1, who doesn't trust the elusive man and keeps the collector or destroys the collector base and you have just all these options, saves the Krogan, does all these things, I don't think that shepherd would sacrifice the Geth. Okay. Especially with if you've done Legion's loyalty so mission. So your, your justification for which answer is the correct answer is the one that is most in line with the character of the person you were playing, not necessarily which was most yes. the, beneficial to the universe. Yes, this is why my players in D&D really hate when I make them stick to their alignments. So you're okay. So, okay. So I guess I should be more clear then. So who believes that the destruction, regardless of how you played your character, the destruction ending was the correct ending and most beneficial for the universe. Okay. And who, who doesn't think that that is the case who disagree? Because I I think what we're, what we're saying here is that the majority of people think that was the most, that was the right ending meaning most beneficial for the universe so who disagrees with that and why all right so the uh i saw who uh who the fool who it who it the fool fool okay and i noticed, yeah, the, second right this whole time. I noticed the second t all of a sudden i was like wait a minute there's another t in there okay oh did i met yeah i didn't mean to put that second t okay uh just just making sure i'm not mispronouncing more names yeah, because no, god not, knows i don't do that enough um <laughs> so who what do you think you don't think destruct is the right ending Destroy is not the right ending. Why? I feel like shepherds shouldn't have the control to wipe out a whole race. Like why? Like, sure. The geth are AI, but as we learn more about the geth, they have souls, they have feeling as you do legions quests, you learn all about stuff, how they felt when the Corians betrayed them and how they feel about that. So in my eyes, they're a race. So then why should shepherd have the ability to just, off a race just because oh yeah we have to destroy the greater threat when there's other options to achieve the same thing of stopping the reaper threat without destroying a whole other race and i think didn't it say all of technology anyways just since just is it is it just synthetics i always thought it was all technology got wiped out from it yeah there's a big there's a big forum post about if this would if the destroy ending would compromise the quarians because 
they wouldn't have been adjusted to Rhinox atmosphere and things. So if the destroying engine wipes out their suits, then, but no. It's just Reaper code that they destroyed, not all tech. Yeah, so they lost the relays and stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything based on Reaper code. Doesn't everything get destroyed anyways, no matter what ending you choose? Like, don't you always see the Mass Effect relays get blown up? Even if you choose control, they aren't there's always- too overloaded. They're not always blown up. They're always damaged at the very least. It depends on how high your military readiness is. If it's really high, they just get severely damaged, um, but they can be fixed. They, the narrator, whoever is narrating your end, for instance, in Destroy, it's Admiral Hackett. He says they can be repaired if you have like a super high one, but they do get destroyed if you have a low one. I think the soul system relay is the only one that like we see the inner rings come out. Explode on it, yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. Um, who else has a, uh, who else doesn't think destroy is the correct ending and why, uh, Mitch. Uh, I mean, I agree with everything here. Also, um, uh, Edie is based on, on some Reaper tech and, you know, uh, it's not cool to sack your own friends just for the convenience of wiping out your enemy. So, you know, I, I just couldn't do it personally. I worked too hard to get the Geth on my side as well. Like that's just done. Mm-hmm. So this, uh, this raises a lot of philosophical questions. So for example, um, so for example here, destroying somebody, the, the reason why, uh, murder is bad is because you are taking autonomy from that person in indefinitely, right? Like, like mm-hmm. forever, they no longer can make decisions for themselves ever, 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 ever again. Right. If you control somebody, that's why also slavery is bad is because for the most part, you're taking away their autonomy, their ability to make decisions for themselves from that point forward. Right. Uh, Synthesis also takes away individuals ability to make decisions for themselves from that point forward. So in philosophically, these are only a hair's breadth different from each other. It's the difference is. Do you think it's less immoral to ultimately control somebody else or to murder them? <laughs> right. Like these are like if if autonomy is the thing that's distinct between is the thing that's being lost in each of these situations, then the measure of that autonomy is the distinction. That's the difference between them, which is what I find so interesting about these different endings. So um, so let's uh, who else wanted to talk uh, destroy. See. Uh, one other thing, this is also why I don't think destroy the child says to you that if you choose destroy the problem that exists in the galaxy of the conflict that exists between synthetics and organics will happen again, organics will create Mm -hmm. synthetics and they will create that conflict. And so you're not really, you are indeed the threat of the reaper. But especially if you've played the Leviathan DLC, you're not really ending the problem that the child and the Reapers were created to solve anyway. So that's assuming that A, the uh, catalyst is a reliable narrator. That's and true. B, it's also assuming that the catalyst values the truth above self preserver like uh, preservation. Mm-hmm. So also uh, which we've if the catalyst seen- is intelligent enough, I don't think is the case. Yeah. And also we've seen this happen again previously, like in in this universe, we've seen that synthetics make our our, uh, biological intelligences make synthetic intelligences. 
And it happens again and again and again. This is a pattern. We've already seen it as a pattern. So there's no reason we wouldn't assume that that pattern would repeat again at some point. It just seems inevitable. There's another thing that we should probably talk about as it pertains to the Leviathan DLC, because it kind of proves the unreliable narration of the Reapers and pretty much any uh, synthetic intelligence that would come from Reaper code is that the Reapers were created by this ancient race of aliens called the Leviathan uh, race. And the Leviathans were basically restricted to their home world. And because of that, they needed to control other beings to exert their will. And the Reapers were Leviathans, uh, basically solution, uh, to preserving organic life, except the Reapers being the, you know, sentient machines they were, uh, went haywire <laughs> and decided to operate on their own parameters. Um, so I don't think that it's really, and given sovereign speech to in mass effect one full of, uh, I don't know, uh, arrogance and kind of just like speaking in total hyperbole talking about how the Reapers are, you know, infinite and they're invincible and blah, blah, blah. And they might be strong, but that's not the case. And it's not true. And Leviathan DLC kind of disproves a lot of that. So I think that there's ample evidence to doubt the authenticity, to doubt the integrity of everything that the Reapers tell you. I mean, so much of it is merely meant to discourage and demoralize. Not to mention that so much of organic life has developed on the path that the Reapers decided that they should go down. So the pattern repeats partly because they've set it up to repeat. That's how they function. They're designed to do that. So when it tells right, it's you that protocol. it's going to happen again, it's because it wants it to happen again. Who's to say it's not going to happen again when you keep them alive too. But the yeah. Reapers were created because a pattern already existed. Well, so they say, but the Leviathan, when you, if you talk to them, they're quite haughty and pretentious. They think they're better than everyone else. So of course they would view the world that way. We're much more egalitarian in current Mass Effect universe, right. I like to think. <laughs> what happened before and how, for how many, you know, there wouldn't be cycles, but what happened before Leviathan created the Reapers? We don't know yeah. that, of course. So a lot of that is speculation, but there were not Reapers before the Reapers. At least that's as far as we know. Someone put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> they were not reapers before <laughs> the reapers. Don't fear the reaper. More cowbell. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, and just a reminder, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but if you aren't talking, if you could mute, it'll help reduce some of the background noise. Um, so, okay. So anybody else have any thoughts on the destroy ending and why that isn't the right ending? All right, we're good. We're good to move on. Okay. So let's move on to... Should we do synthesis next? That was the next popular, right? Next most popular. So who thinks the synthesis ending is incorrect and why do you think so? All right, so let's go to Stagger. Stagger, you haven't chimed in too much yet. All right, uh, my audio working all right? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Cool. All right, so I mean, again, like you're just kind of picking the lesser of, I guess, three evils. Yeah. Instead of two, um, like you said, like it, it's all kind of in the same breath of like amorality. Um, for me, like I just think with the synthesis ending, it's kind of presumptuous to assume that like someone like Shepard, who is just like a fallible normal human, could like understand the implications of subjecting 
every single sentient being like in the galaxy to like a process that fundamentally changes who they are. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like I understand it's probably not good to wipe out all of these synthetic races either, but it's, it's crazy to me. Absolutely crazy that like, especially like the way the catalyst, like uh, Sam was saying before the catalyst, like cosines the synthesis ending kind of, which to me doesn't make sense because like, again, the catalyst is crazy. It's like the runaway AI that like destroyed the universe and has killed millions of millions of trillions of billions, whatever, uh, sentient beings. It's like, so why, 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 why would I like agree with what it has to say? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm getting like a little heated about it almost. It's like a pretty significant choice. You guys had to pick like the most divisive topic in Mass Effect. All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect to learn more. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, I'm Pylon. And I'm Doc. And if you've ever played an Elder Scrolls game, you've probably used UESP.net to help you find information about a quest, dive deeper into lore, or really learn anything about the Elder Scrolls. 
But did you know we have a podcast too? Every week we bring you the latest in Elder Scrolls news, dig deeper into topics surrounding the game, and have a ton of fun while doing it. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher by searching the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. Can't wait to see you all there. I guess the thing that I found the most interesting when I was looking into this for the podcast was synthesis is essentially what Saren wanted to do in Mass Effect 1. And control is essentially what the elusive man wanted to do in Mass Effect 2. And at the end of Mass Effect 3, Shepard is supposed to decide which one had it right. And I don't think that given that the choices are given to you by the thing that wants to save itself, obviously, we're not sure, like, is it really synthesis? Do we know? Because the thing that you're trying to kill and has been killing you for the past year has the one is the one that's been giving you this option. So for me personally, because we saw what happened with Saren, he thought he was in control. He thought he was in a partnership with Sovereign. And that was not the case. Even if at the end of Mass Effect 1, once again, spoilers, just in case, um, you convince him that he has been indoctrinated and he shoots himself, they still reanimate his corpse and you have to fight him. So I don't think that synthesis is correct. I also want to point out that even if you do choose destroy and everything with Reaper code is ended, the two things that most people are most concerned about are the Geth and Edie. Edie was the AI on the moon in Mass Effect 1. So she existed as an AI before she had a body and before she was implanted with Reaper code. And so did the Geth. The Geth were fully AI before Reaper code went into them as well. So I think it stands to reason that they could be brought back eventually. So perhaps they're not murdered forever with destroy. That's at least my hope, but that's my thoughts on synthesis anyway. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. So the whole reason that the Corian Geth Wars happen and Sam, you can correct me is because the Corians realized they've created a fully like a full AI and it's against galactic law to create a full AI. So they attempt to shut it down and the Corians and the Geth rebel. So in theory, if the Geth are created in a world where that stipulation doesn't exist, is there still a Corian Geth conflict? Yes. <laughs> I think, I mean, that's just speculation on my part, but I think that there would still be a Corian Geth conflict for the rest of their existence. Even if you spared them both, uh, they're going to find some reason to, you know, have a con the, the, the real question is how large is the conflict? Uh, and can it be I don't know, negotiated or mitigated? Um, yeah. The reason why the Koreans went to war with the Geth, although they didn't consider it to be war, they kind of just considered it a slaughter until they started losing was to cover their own rear end. Um, so because they had violated, uh, council law, but not intentionally. So, and once they realized that these, these, uh, farm tools basically was <laughs> the way that they put it, uh, had gained sentience, uh, that, that the cat was out of the bag and they needed to wrap it up quick and, uh, dispose of this sentient life before, uh, it could progress to an, to an extent, uh, where it, it would threaten them, which ironically it did. Um, so in a, in a sense, their fate was self-propagating, but that's, you know, a topic for a different episode. <laughs> yeah. Stagger. Uh, just on the topic too, of like the synthesis ending kind of like being the way to remove conflict between organic races and synthetic intelligence. Uh, 
I mean, conflict's still going to exist. Even if you solve that conflict, like let alone like all of the precedents you have in like all of human history, like look at mass effect, the Krogan wars, the Rachni wars, which again, the Rachni wars were, I believe interference on the Reapers part kind of like instigated that. So maybe not the best example, but humans and Turians, uh, like I conflict is going to exist. It's just, again, the catalyst is a super unreliable narrator, super unreliable. And the Reapers created the catalyst to solve the problem or not Reapers, uh, Leviathans created the catalyst to solve the problem. And then realize they messed up like bad. They messed up really bad. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Tony Stark and Ultron, like Tony Stark creates the Ultron formula or whatever program to save humanity and Ultron decides the best way to save humanity is to end humanity. To remove it. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I debate a lot of this stuff in my own head sometimes. And I think that it's probably highly probable that much of organic life, once we, if we survive long enough, we'll replace ourselves within organic life at some point. Like, I don't think organic life is, uh, is able to evolve fast enough to live without destroying itself. And if it's able to, ex- to live long enough to create inorganic life, that the inorganic life will eventually take over simply due to the nature of the way things are. But uh, uh, this is just one of those premises I, I've been tossing so, around my head a little bit. Tom, do you f- think that's why we don't find other life in the universe is because mm-hmm. they got to the point, like, I think yep. th- it, there's a paradox. It's called, I think it's the Fermi paradox. The Fermi like, paradox. Yep. Yeah, this so is one of the, this is one, of the one of the justifications for why the Fermi paradox uh, seems to be the case is that uh, organic life potentially always destroys itself. Like we advance technologically beyond our advances morally, and all it takes is one world superpower with one psychopath to drop bombs on everybody, and all of a sudden we're in nuclear winter and we all die, right? Or we exist to the point where we are advanced technologically and we haven't blown ourselves up and we inadvertently or in or on purpose create AI synthetic life forms, which eventually for their own survival realize that killing their creators is the best thing that they can possibly do. And once that AI exists, the AI doesn't need for curiosity's sake because it's, it's an AI. It's not a human being to explore the galaxy. So it's happy to exist and build a place where it can renew its own resources and replicate itself. And that's about as far as it goes. And we never see inner, you know, inner space explorers or anything like that. This is a whole other topic I and mean, we'll, we'll save this for some other time. But I think that's why something like uh, the synth, I'll, I'll let you guys do most of the discussion on this stuff, but I, this plays into my own perception of which of these answers make the most sense to me. But just wanted to throw that out there as a thing. Uh, cool. Um, and then actually Mitch hasn't talked in what can we, can we jump to Mitch? Oh, we, yeah, Mitch hasn't chimed Mitch. in for a while. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, one of the other issues I've had with the synthesis ending was the realization that you also grant self-awareness to every reaper force. So that's not just the tire, you know, towering skyscraper. That's the husk. That's that marauder. And so the question does become, do you do you come back or does your body run around with a new personality like uh, and like after having done the synthesis ending on my first run i was just like oh i don't i don't think i'd want to exist as a husk 
yeah, can I, can I undo that? <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Hul, do you want to chime in? Wouldn't the synthesis ending fix that issue, though, of AIs wanting to kill their creators? Because AIs always rebel because creators never see them as equal. So they have to kill them so they can advance further in their life. But if you mix everyone and put everyone together on the same line, everyone's equal. So then AI don't have to rebel against it. Unless, unless they have other reasons for killing their creators. Unless they have other reasons, but then that's just like survival. War. So you could say the same thing. So like a, two countries going back at each other. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, teacup. I think it's, again, we're relying on the child as a narrator, but it, the synthesis ending is like, as it's presented in the game grants each both organic and sentient understanding of what it's like to be the other, which is like, I think that's something that we, as in our worldview have a difficult thing, time wrapping our mind around what that would imply because we struggle so much to understand people who are different than us. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think in a lot of ways, that would be traumatic for the entire galaxy to in an instant, finally have complete understanding of everything that a synthetic goes through or right. an organic goes through that thing. But I think that that is an unprecedented thing. And there's not really a real life example of something like that to point to, to sure. say like, okay, what would this be like? And that's kind of why I lean to the synthesis ending because it's the only ending that's, not a continuation of what came before it's something new uh, it's something that is a change it's a risk i think it's definitely a risk but i think it's something new that could in theory benefit the galaxy and also this is where both destroy and synthesis for me at this point level the playing field of the galaxy destroy kind of just gets rid of equal code and so like the turians the asari the humans the quarians they're all on equal footing of where they are like technologically and all of that and so there's that and then synthesis everyone is kind of raised to this level and so it kind of creates this equity across the galaxy yeah which Control. opens up another question you know is, is yeah. equity necessarily good or should it be right. you know all that i want to hear what n7 has to say about this stuff so I wanted to note specifically about this and this, uh, synthesis ending. And I don't, I hope that we don't get too far, uh, you know, distracted by this, but the reapers are not just mach machines. In fact, they are a combination of synthetic organic life. They are synthetic organic starships. And so if we're to trust that, the, that the synthesis ending is to use shepherd's DNA as a new framework, to make everyone synth, you know, synthetic organic. Can we like the reapers are the proto example of the combination of synthetic organic life. And even if they do understand what, what it's like to be organic, that doesn't really give them a level of empathy to spare us from harvesting. So, uh, just a little, uh, detail that we shouldn't forget that the reapers are synthetic organics as well. Mm -hmm. This is why, just, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's why I always worry that control and synthesis both are just indoctrination. Like, how are we supposed to know otherwise? Because it's a reaper telling us what the choices are. Right. Power open up a can of worms with the indoctrination theory. <laughs> is, I know that the catalyst is theory. code, but is it considered a reaper? Because 
it it creates the reapers that was created by leviathan so could we consider it then a reaper wouldn't it just be the hive mind of the whole reaper intelligence but like it's the things like the geth aren't a hive mind are the reapers a hive mind like you the you reapers could argue are described yet. as each being an individual nation yes so like sovereign is his own person with his own personality that is very different than harbinger well i try to be yeah (laughs) so i think it's described as he's the architect of the reapers so he just he designs their path somehow All right. So I feel like this is probably a good place to to pivot to the next one, but let's jump to the middle of the show so I can thank you guys for being awesome. How about that? Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. Rex, that's not a good thing, buddy. Um, welcome to the middle of the show. This is where I get to thank these guys and everyone else who helps support the show. Thank you so much for your support. Um, Sam and I really do appreciate it. We wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for you guys. We've mentioned this before a lot of times, but genuinely uh, from both of us, thank you for supporting the show. And um, if you want to join us on the next patron episode next month, then you just got to check out patreon.com slash mass effect lorecast in order to sign up and see what other kinds of rewards you get, like ad free episodes and all sorts of other things. And the wacky banter that happens before the actual recording starts. So you can get all of those as well. They're, they're super fun. Um, so if we've helped you get through your work day, we've helped you with your commute. If you've learned something about these games that you love, or you just want to say, thank you, please consider signing up on the Patreon. And thanks again to all of you guys, these guys here and you guys listening who help support the show. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. So, okay, so we've talked about destruction and and synthesis. We've got control, but then we have the other the other one. Let's go to control first. And typically, most people agree that control is not the right answer. Who thinks it is and why? All right, we've got Mitch here, Mitch. Oh boy. Okay, so um, again, it's the lesser of three evils, in my opinion. You you take control and you remove the enemy, and that's all you do. Uh, you don't have to sacrifice any friends, and you don't have to subject the entire galaxy to a complete rewrite of their uh, autonomy. So you just take these evil machines away. Everyone stops getting harvested, and life. You use them to rebuild infrastructure. And then you can just send them out into the black and yeah, if, you know, the organics create another reaper race, then, you know, that's on them. They, you know, <laughs> but um, so that's one of the reasons why I'm like for the control ending. Um, okay. Okay. Does anybody have a uh, response to that? Why that? Well, like, can you counter that? Cool. How long would it last though for peace? Because we keep like, so Shepard takes control, which is sure. Yeah. Shepard takes control and maybe it lasts a cycle. Maybe it lasts four cycles until power corrupts. Shepard starts realizing, Hey, I made a mistake. The galaxy is totally messed up because they keep making AIs and they keep wiping out races. Maybe the Reapers weren't a bad idea. And then we're back to square one. 
how long does the peace last until power corrupts? Because no matter what, power will corrupt. Even if you're shepherd and you're this great person, power will corrupt you. You know, the quote, you're either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Like, yep. No matter what you're, you're something's happening. It's going back to stage one. What's that Nietzsche quote where it's like, he who fights with monsters, beware lest you become the monster mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And stare yeah. up, stare up, stare into the abyss long enough. The abyss stares back at you. Yeah. That, that is the first thing that popped into my head when I like saw the control ending. He did a lot of drugs. He's not reliable. (laughs) I mean, without getting into it, you can recover. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Um, But with the control ending, even if you send it away, technically they're still in control. Controlling something, uh, controlling another thing itself changes you. You can't be like, because not like power, but just controlling something. The responsibility and stuff changes you. So even if he doesn't uh, uh, go evil, he's still not shepherd anymore. The shepherd we knew. Interesting, Mitch. Do you have any any uh, rebuts to these? Do you have any 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 justification for why that might be okay though? Or okay, so uh, yeah, uh, I mean, no, they're all right. Uh, you know, uh, so it's it's a matter of. Uh, you know, does, does the shepherd who, I mean, shepherd acknowledges he's changed. Sorry. My playthrough was he and want to just, sorry. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Everybody has yeah. a different shepherd. So, and we're going to, re- this is going to be one of yeah. those things we do. We're going to refer to them uh, as what we recognize them as. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, um, he acknowledges he's changed. He's no longer the man he was. And it's all part of that whole epilogue that does ring of some like holier than thou overtones um but you know assuming he sticks to his course and it's all an assumption assuming he does that he helps rebuild the galactic infrastructure and then goes away i mean it doesn't even have to send him into the black they could he could send the entire reaper force into a sun and destroy him and that's it but you know that's is pure speculation as to what happens after it does kind of open up other options it is kind of a stopgap, right mm-hmm. like you can say okay i'm going to take control here and then what i decide after that i still have more time to make that decision right if the reapers yep. were such a threat that they needed to be dealt with in, <laughs> in the extreme like shepherd had to go to then is it right that Shepard would then just become the threat almost like he still has the capability of wiping everyone off the face of the, their respective worlds. It's just a matter of whether Shepard in his now ascendant state would want to. Um, I don't know if I want to gamble with that. That's just me, but I think sovereign had something that sovereign wanted to say. He, Hello. he put a little yeah, bit chime, in chat. Chime in sovereign. So with control, uh, I have several issues with it. The first is the idea of my shepherd to control the Reapers would be absolutely terrifying. I don't think anyone would ever want that. <laughs> uh, the second is if I think control is a really, really good ending. If you absolutely hate your shepherd. And the reason for that is you need to play project overlord again to see what happens when you meld an organic mind with that level of an AI and subjecting your shepherd to that for basically an eternity would basically be torture. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Right, so I do have a rebuttal on that one, and that's um, uh, Dr. Gavin Archer uh, is a sadist um, and also not exactly the brightest scientist in Cerberus, if I may say. <laughs> uh, that man's a monster. And there's no question of that. Um, but so is the catalyst. Silence. <laughs> my Wavito well, yeah. Shepherd is a monster. So, <laughs> so much of this it hinges on whether or not do we believe what we're being fed by the catalyst. Uh, and I think if you do, then it justifies. If 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 the narration is totally reliable and the catalyst is not lying to Shepherd whatsoever, then it opens up a lot of pathways for a couple of the endings to be either tolerable or embraced and for the control ending to be embraced you would first have to believe the catalyst i think because if you don't then you would never pick the control ending um so i i'd like to ask our our patrons how many here trust the catalyst and trust the narrative that we're given from the catalyst just show of hands uh, we've got lena with a with a hesitant yeah i mean like the thing is until i stepped on this podcast i was like wait maybe he is an unreliable narrator and now i'm just like wait maybe i'm just very naive and i'm just really dumb for uh believing uh this catalyst thing just look at the colors of how it distinguishes all the different endings. Destroying them is the red ending, which gives you the presence that it's the evil ending, where controlling them gives you the presence that it's the blue, which is the paragon, which you go, oh yeah, that's what I need to do. So it is showing you the different endings that it doesn't want you to pick. It's showing you the actual destroy ending as, hey, that's the bad one. You shouldn't do that. It's trying to sway your opinion on this. Right. And I thought the same thing when I first got to the ending. And when I first played through the trilogy, extended cut DLC was not out yet. So there was no, you know, grand explanation. And as it so happens, my first playthrough, I chose control. Uh, and then immediately after choosing it, I was like, that was the wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I save scummed. I actually like, I watched that ending. I went back and I was like, yeah, I immediately regret that. Um, just because watching Shepard like take the handles of the, uh, whatever that was, I mean, take the little handles and then get electrocuted and disintegrate. I was like, I just lost, didn't I? I, I lost mass effect. Uh, that's game over, isn't it? Uh, but then, you know, with the extended cut DLC, there is that long monologue, um, that psych had mentioned with, you know, I, Shepard's like, I am infinite. I am eternal, <laughs> you know? And it's like, holy shit. Well, Shepard is now sovereign. Um, so that one was a little bit creepy, uh, to me, but I don't think anyone should feel, you know, no one listening to this, and Lena, you included as well. No one should feel like they're, they've been naive if they believed the catalyst, because we're, we're conditioned to just trust what we're given in, in video games. The whole unreliable narrator thing has a very, very long history in literature, right. not so long of a history in video games, right? Because the RPG and let alone the RPG where your choices 
can change things in the game. That's a very recent invention. So I don't think anyone should feel bad if there, if, if indeed the catalyst is a reliable narrator uh, and you've trusted what the catalyst said. Yeah. This comes up a lot in the elder scrolls lore cast. The, the fact that so much of that game or those games are unreliable narrators. They're, they're from the perspectives of the characters, not from the perspective of, of a uh, omnipotent, you know, all knowing source. So I, I saw some hands up. Who wants to chime in, Mitch? Can, oh. Go ahead. Can I just say one thing? Would you kindly? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Bioshock, right. Yeah. Who else wants to chime in? Yeah, okay, go ahead, so, Sarah. Um, oh, Mitch. Oh. I'm sorry. Are we getting delay? I think we might be having some delay here. Sorry. Mitch, um, Mitch go ahead. I, I think the, the, that the, the unreliable narrator is a great thing. And also that... I mean, this will have to probably be another episode entirely, but the idea that in all honesty, Bioware kind of wrote themselves into a corner and that's why all these options suck. Yes. <laughs> Is, yeah. That was my, my initial impression was they just wrote themselves into a corner and kind of like, didn't know what to do at the end. I was, I was pretty pissed when the game first came out. Then I was also pretty irritated. They sold me the ending. After. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's extrapolate on that a little bit because and this is what we mean when we say they wrote themselves into a corner, right? So let's say that you have uh basic decision number one, kill or spare man A. If you kill man A, then man A cannot be there for a final fight to help you in some way. Or if you know, whereas if you spare him, he can. And then there's also sub choices that that kind of branch off after that. Well, if you killed man a, then maybe you couldn't choose to help man a start uh, working on the crucible project, yada, yada, yada. Each choice expounded upon itself. And yeah, you when break you have that entire branch games, of choices, right? Right. It's a tree. And right. so that tree is pretty fucking massive. By the time you get through three games, 150 hours of gameplay full of different choices that, that didn't just have two choices. Like I said, kill or spare. Sometimes there was like multiple choices of how things could go. So when the choices compounded each other like that, if you were expecting every choice to have a different outcome in the very ending of the game, then we're talking about the writers having to write granted with slight variation, hundreds, if not thousands of different possibilities for your ending. That's just not feasible to expect a writing team to do that for a video game. You know, if, if they did, it would have been the greatest epic probably known to man in terms of interacting. <laughs> right. And it would have taken 25 you know, years to art. release. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, so it just wouldn't have been possible. Um, but that being said, I think they could have solved a lot with the way that we were just talking about it last week on the uh, Xbox Game Pass show, how Quantum Break uses very long cinematics. I think Mass Effect could have solved a lot by merely inserting a 30 to 45 minute, maybe even an hour long cinematic encompassing all of the different choices or at least the greatest hits of them of your shepherd's playthrough from the previous three games. And it, each scene wouldn't have had to have been long. It, it could have been maybe one minute about saving the Krogan, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But if they, if they would have used the tactical choice of, and I, I understand that cinematics are very costly and expensive, but 
if they would have used the tactical lengthy cinematic at the end, where now like you've been very engaged in all the decision-making to this point, you've been because of the renegade and paragon interrupts, you have not been able to really zone out during dialogue. Now you can zone out and sit back and watch the space opera come to a conclusion with all of the protocol prerequisites that you have programmed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that would have been a nice little fireworks finale to this series. It didn't happen. Uh, because like we said, they wrote themselves into a corner. Um, and I find that a lot of people who say that, you know, while they wrote themselves into a corner are also kind of of the same mind as I did when I first, when I first experienced all of the endings, I then started thinking the refuse ending might be the best <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's like, why can't we just fight with all the assets I gathered? Right. So that being said, I do want to ask anyone if they honestly think the refuse reject ending was the correct ending, not knowing how, like not knowing what you know now of how that ending plays out. Anybody? Doesn't look like it. Oh, wait, wait. Stagger. Uh, I, I did for a minute. This might just be like immaturity on my part, but like I, my initial reaction kind of when I had access to the reject ending was, um, yeah, I kind of like the idea of just like after playing through this like giant epic three game series, like at the end of it, just kind of looking the big bad in the face and telling him like, no, no, can't make me. <laughs> nope. Really, that's beautiful to me. Love it. But no, I like the destroy ending. <laughs> it is an was, epic speech that Shepard gives. In the way, in a way, it's kind of the most human response. Like, I feel like it's the most human thing to just basically go F you. Like, I don't care about your choices. Like I'm going to do this. It kind of like, it plays on the whole like aliens invading earth trope of like humans are always like, we don't care that, you know, your shield stop bullets. We're going to keep shooting you anyway. Like, and it plays on that. Like, Oh, if you do that, you have doomed all of the galaxy. Um, which you haven't, I think it is noted to rate that the Reapers don't wipe out completely wipe out all organic life. They I just feel like the refuse ending doesn't work because look how much it took to kill sovereign. Like it yeah. took True. the whole f- human fleet just to do a dent into him to save the council. It took all those ships just to destroy one. Now we have thousands. So no matter what you have to use the catalyst, there's no yeah. way to get around it. Yeah. And Admiral Hackett earlier in Mass Effect 3 even says flat out that there's no way in hell we can beat the Reapers in a conventional war. So essentially, mm-hmm. your war assets are just how long can you keep the Crucible intact for? Yeah. Well. Which is also just kind of the narrative code of the Hail Mary kind of thing. Like, we don't have a large chance, but this is our True. only one. If the catalyst is is to be trusted, then why, when you choose the refuse, reject ending, does he no longer appear or sound like an innocent child, but instead dawns the voice of a, you know, genocidal machine. If, by the way, if you choose not, if you choose the use to say, Oh, well, I'm going to choose one of the endings. And then you turn around and you shoot the child. (laughs) It actually gets a really deep, creepy voice and it goes, so be it. And then that's the end. That's the end of the game. Then, you know, like that's the ball game right there. You're screwed and you have now doomed the galaxy. 
why does that happen if the catalyst is just this innocent kid trying to tell you the truth and you oh. know lead you to all of these solutions? Oh, that's easy. It's uh, the catalyst hits synthetic puberty, so his voice changed right at that minute. Right at that moment. <laughs> at that exact moment. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know that the refuse reject ending is the perfect um, embodiment of the Shakespearean quote. You know, when valor preys on reason, it eats the sword it fights with. Uh, but I also kind of wanted it to be the hidden real ending of mass effect. You know, I, I wanted that to be like the one that no one had the, the gall to pick. And yet that was how you were going to get through and have the, Oh, shepherd saves the day and everyone lives kind of thing. Um, it's just what I wanted out of the series. Obviously that didn't happen. You know, I, I have to wonder if they ever really considered a, you know, Shepard saves the day, everybody survives, yay, 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 ending. Because in, in a series where that is wrought with difficult moral choices, even on just like side quests, the, the idea that they were going to ever sum it up with a black and white, like some sort of, okay, this is the good ending, everybody, the good guys win. Like, I, I don't know that that was ever a reasonable thing to even assume, was it? Like it's, this isn't star Wars, right? Like Luke right. Skywalker doesn't show up, star Wars. right? Luke Walker, Luke Skywalker doesn't show up at the end and blow up the death star. And all of a sudden everybody says, yay, we won. And then everybody gets a, a medal except for poor Chewbacca. You know, like this is, this is mass effect. Every single mission you go on is wrought with moral choices. It's always gray. There's like, was, go ahead. Go ahead. Kather. Shepard was always going to get the short end of the stick somehow. Yeah, yeah. He he always has to make a choice and there's always it's always gray and there's always some sort of loss. There's always some sort of moral ambiguity. And sometimes you make these choices and you don't and you don't really know where they're going to go. And even in just these little side quests that you do. And then you look at it later and you go, oh, I guess that wasn't the right choice for what I was really trying to do, you know, or that didn't that didn't result in the thing I thought it would when I made that choice. Because how many times do you make choices and go? Oh, that turned out different than I thought it would, you know, like so to, to assume that the series was ever going to end on just like a, a really up note was I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I forget and and correct me or chime in if uh, the person I'm about to mention is here in the chat, because I think one of our patrons had said in the discord that in their head canon, Mass Effect 3 was so depressing. It was so, you know, a drag through the mud because turn here, turn there. Shepard is witnessing, you know, total decimation of multiple species. There's yeah. no hope. Yeah. Hope is dead. And for this hero, regardless of, by the way, regardless of the things that you've chosen for your Shepard, he is the hero of Mass Effect or she is the hero of Mass Effect. So by the end of it, it was almost a better head canon that this person said, that the hero finds ultimate rest in sacrifice, similar to Dragon Age. I forget who had mentioned that. Uh, uh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh, that was you. So I, I actually liked that idea for that headcanon because you see the toll of war weighing on Shepard, even at the very beginning of Mass Effect 3. You oh, see yeah. oh, yeah. all, all <laughs> of the really heavy stuff impacting Shepard's mentality. The Rachni Queen thing in Mass Effect 1. Is, you know, like, do I destroy the last of a race or do I let it live on and potentially destroy other people? Like, there's no good answer there. Both things are terrible, you know? 
But like that, that's the kind of questions that we were presented from the very beginning and the, and the answers and the way that they play out. So uh, I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I wonder if we were just naive to think otherwise. Sarah? I just wanted to chime in about the endings and their colors, because I know someone mentioned earlier that the red ending is the renegade and it's bad. Well, first of all, not every renegade choice is bad, mm -hmm. but also I think the colors come from the point of view of who's judging them. And I think it's the catalyst saying, obviously, destroy is the bad ending for them. Synthesis is a good ending, as is control. So I think that's why the colors were dispersed that way. It wasn't from Shepard's point of view or whatever omniscient presence was judging Shepard's decisions through all the things judging him Paragon or Renegade. It was the catalyst. And there, like you said, there was no good ending. It was just whatever you could do <laughs> to save the galaxy in whatever way you thought was best. Because for some reason it came down to just Shepard. There were two others that it could have been. It could have also been Saren or the elusive man. The Reapers paid just as much attention to them and they tried the other two endings and it didn't work out. So I feel like reject and destroy are the only two unexplored options by the end of mass effect three. So I don't know. Those are the two that I, I mean, reject definitely has some poetic justice there, I guess. So just, Nope, we're humans. We're not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw Mitch's hand up before you guys were up and it went back down, but Mitch, do you have something else you want to say? Yeah. Um, uh, the, the the idea that you know we were always going to get sort of a, a moral gray area that we weren't going to win per se but the you know if i want a moral gray i can pull up the news <laughs> I, I, that's this isn't why you go to fiction i don't yeah, yeah i don't play 150 plus hours to get disappointed or you, you, you know to, uh, to just be like yeah and that's the end of it okay well, I get that. I get that. I also I also get the perspective of, um, you know, a shiny white clean ending is not never realistic. So you can't enjoy it anyway. Yeah. You know, if I can chime in with uh, what my personal feeling was and in, in, in what the best ending was, and I was trying to save this for the very end. Yeah, we're getting, well, that, by the way, real quick, we are getting close to the end, guys. We're kind of running out of time here. So any quick last thoughts like get those ready and then we'll kind of go back through everybody but go ahead so my personal favorite ending and this is just for my head canon is the destroy ending and it's a really simple very mortal very human thought it's that by the end of everything by you know through mass effect one having to sacrifice ashley or caden having to say goodbye to a very good soldier either way through mass effect two the people that you've lost along the way, the crewmates, the unnamed crewmates, the uh, unnamed crewmates who perished when the SR one crashed navigator Presley even. And then mass effect three, the hard choices where you've, you've lost so many people that Shepard really did grow and care about. And then at the very end, Shepard gets there and sees his, his or her only real father figure, Admiral Anderson get gunned down uh, by an indoctrinated reaper agent, the elusive man, you're fucking angry. <laughs> like if you're shepherd, if you're shepherd, you're just fucking angry. And honestly, like, I think I was, I was maybe empathizing with shepherd a little too much because I wasn't thinking morally or philosophically. I thought, fuck you guys. 
I'm done with your shit. <laughs> You're done. You're dead. That's You're out of here. Yeah. I'm not letting you exist in any capacity whatsoever after this conversation. Get out. I've come this Time far. Out. I've worked in years. the corner. I literally died. I came back from the death <laughs> just to kill you guys. I'm not letting it go. You're dead. I wouldn't, you're not leaving here alive. Uh, even, even if it means the end of me as well. So my shepherd was very angry. He just watched his father figure get gunned down, died beside him. Um, and shepherd's a human being. So I think that, uh, that kind of anger would probably flow through shepherd, that well, kind of blood rage. This goes right back to what teacup was saying about how, like to him, the right ending is the one that fits the character. And that you just brought that back in. Like, this is the character. This is who I was. This is the decision he would have made in order to stay in character. So therefore, that's the right ending to the story. Not necessarily for the universe, but for the story. Yeah, go ahead. Take up. I think just to kind of echo onto the color thing. So often do in Mass Effect, do your Paragon and Renegade choices have the opposite consequences later in the game and the biggest example i think is malon's malon's research data by ethical standards of like scientific research that study would be thrown out would be destroyed like it wouldn't be one it's like it violates so many ethical guidelines of research and experimentation and everything but if you do that you put the krogan in a worse situation that leads to you know, without Eve, whether Rex is leading or I don't even remember who the other person is if Rex is dead. Um, but it leads to a thing like Eve is the person that gets to be there to create the peace among the Krogan. And so like you have that. So it's, it's argues to say that I haven't decided, I think, which ending I think is best for the universe. Um, it's argued to say that this rene renegade decision to destroy would have, you know, positive consequences. And, you know, there are like in a lot of social movements, there are the whole thing, you know, just burn the whole thing down, like mm -hmm. yeah, burn it down and start over. Like that is something that is talked about in a lot of sometimes, societal change. Sometimes like, it's a viable answer. Sometimes it's the only answer. Things are so corrupt that you have to, burn them down you know yeah yes. an anarchy tattoo yeah like well, a forest like a forest yeah sometimes it's sometimes, like you, sometimes too much overgrowth you gotta burn it down for it to start anew you gotta start over sometimes that's the only real solution um man this and has been a wonderful discussion go ahead teacup and then we just one more thing to the whole thing about organic life always becoming it's synthetic i'm going to you know quote jeff goldblum in jurassic park you know <laughs> life finds a way and i think that's <laughs> That's the thing. Like if you look at places when like there's always growth that happens in developed like places, whether it's coming up from the concrete concrete or anything like that, like maybe it might sentient life and like human life might come to it. But I think it's a different thing to say like all organic life will oh, cease sure. and come to an end. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I, if, if organic life is an accident, it's just kind of accidentally seeded across the galaxy the way it, it might be and just kind of emerges mm -hmm. from complex systems, then yeah, there's no way to stop that. It's just going to yeah. keep popping up. Um, this has been a really awesome conversation. Let's work back through everybody. And I'm going to start with Sovereign. Sovereign, thank you so much for being our tier five patron, by the way. Um, you're our only tier five patron and you get called out every week for that. So thank you very, very much for that. Um, but let's wrap this up with like a quick last thought. 
anything else you want to share that you're doing that's cool that you want people to know about and how people can get a hold of you and you're totally it's totally fine if you just want to say hey just shoot me a note on on discord or you know j- jump in the mass effect discord channel to have conversations about some of the stuff we talked about if that's the easiest way or if you want to share some of your social media stuff you can do that too so sovereign what you got oh here's a absolutely asinine final thought what happens to the keepers and the, the uh synthetic ending do they just keep on keeping or like what goes on there just keep on keeping on <laughs> keep on keep <laughs> yeah they but now they'd have even less purpose so they're just like eh, yeah. i just gotta keep doing this job i don't want to keep doing they just yeah. they're, they're just grumpier yeah yeah exactly uh, that's all i have right now okay cool cool all right uh mitch we're gonna go backwards through everybody uh yeah uh, you can hit me up on the discord uh psych 88 um I don't really have any final thoughts, truly. I mean, it was, this was just a great conversation. So, yeah. Thank you all. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing your perspective. Stagger and stumble. Uh, I want to preface, preface this with I got the tattoo when I was like 20, like six years ago, and I'm aware that anarchism doesn't necessarily imply violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but, um, no, it's, no, this has been cool. Like, if anybody wants to hit me up, I'm on Discord. I don't really like do social media. So, but yeah, it's been awesome, guys. Thanks. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Who the fool? I, have to, I guess I have to unmute myself before I start talking. I... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I forget that too. <laughs> uh, so, I'm probably talking the Discord like every day, either if it's in the Mass Effect one or the Game Pass one. So, you guys can reach me there. Also, all my social medias are just who the fool. But I just want to end it with I don't think any ending works because no matter what, you always have to bring back the reaper threat because someone's going to make AIs that want to destroy stuff. So you always need the reaper. Can't, can't fear. No, can't avoid the reaper. Can't avoid the reaper. It's like Thanos. It's always, he's always in, in he's like, he's always there. Freaking, always going to need him. Freaking Thanos. <laughs> Teacup. <laughs> yeah. Again, on discord, Teacup 92. Um, and my final thought is, I don't think there is a right ending. I think that's uh, the point. The uh, point is, is that there is no correct ending. Deep. Thanks for joining us. Um, Sarah. Well, it's been fun as usual. I'm Vervada on the discord and Instagram one cat from crazy. And my personal headcanon is that destroy is what I would choose. I have a high enough one that my shepherd survives and she gets reunited with her love interest, Garrus, and they retire to a tropical island somewhere. I also wanted to say that I think instead of Star Wars, this is more like Rogue One, where you're just trying to finish your mission and then die. So, Uh you know, that's the best comparison I can think of. It's very poignant. I think that's why we're still debating it all these years after it came out, because, I mean, we all love Mass Effect for how much it made us feel. Yeah. And I know this is biologically impossible, but what would Shepard Garris babies look like? I'd like to think they adopt all the Krogan babies that are coming out. They got a bunch of little Krogan babies. Oh, that's that's amazing. Can you, I bet baby Krogans are super cute, right? Until they get like big and gangly, but like, I bet little baby, like, I bet they look like little round things. Yeah, they're little battle turtle babies. Little and battle I still turtles. think they're cute when they're big. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're just they're... little <laughs> reptile things. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Kather. Um, I'm Kather now, but soon I will be Turbo Toboggan. Turbo Toboggan. Uh, just hit me on Discord. I'm on there sometimes. Yeah. And 
also hit up my twin. Your twin, your twin Toasty, who who was here. Bye, Toasty. Sorry you couldn't be here longer. <laughs> All right, Lena. Yeah, it was a really fun discussion. Maybe I was a little bit quiet, but um, it was really interesting to hear all of your opinions on that. And I'm looking forward uh, to further discussions on the Discord. You can hit me up under Lena or Trantled here. And yeah, hope to see you all in the next episode. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us and sharing your opinions too. And uh, again, genuinely from from both me and Sam, thank you guys for your support. We really enjoy you being here and getting to chat with you at the end of the month. This is super fun for us. Um, Sam, anything you want to share before we go? Uh, well, you know, I am starting my new job tomorrow morning, so I'm not sure what my streaming schedule is going to be like, but I am going to try to be streaming at least two hours a week. And that is probably more likely than not going to be on Wednesday because we do have the Xbox game pass show, uh, still every Monday. Uh, and my hours are basically for streaming. They're going to be, uh, about 7 PM West coast time. So 7 PM Pacific to 9 PM Pacific, uh, probably Wednesday through Thursday. So if you want to catch me streaming mass effect three, I am not that far into the third game yet, and I am almost definitely going to be finishing Mass Effect 3 here within the next couple of weeks. I will be streaming that ending uh, for anyone interested in watching. Yeah, and he's going to pick Refuse, right? You're just going to punch him in the face. Yep, and then just insult all of the people who watched this entire playthrough. Uh, <laughs> everyone's like, no! Everyone's like, dude, really? Come on. Like, I spent a lot of hours watching you on this playthrough, and now you're just going to do that. Cool. Son cool of, beans. Uh, but bitch. Yeah. Is there a way to anti-subscribe? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Did your Let Xbox get my... fix itself, or it's still broken? It's it's doing it uh, very occasionally. It's It's very <laughs> weird. Like, I will turn it on sometimes and there's just green bars across the screen. And I'm like, that's probably bad. Uh, just but, wrap it in a towel. Like it's the old 360 days. Oh gosh. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Usually I disconnect huh. it from that TV and I reconnect it to my monitor over here. And for some reason that does the trick. But if anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, I have been putting out some spicy mass effect memes. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me on Twitch, everything is at N seven, the legend. So, yeah, and come join us tomorrow night for the Xbox Game Pass show. You don't have to have Xbox Game Pass to enjoy our um, our you know thoughts on some of the games that we've been trying playing because obviously those games are available anywhere. And if you want to join the Xbox Game Pass gang and have a group of friends to play stuff with, then you're welcome to do that as well. We all we have a little channel on the on our, the Robots Radio Discord where you can do that as well. And there you go. That's uh, I think that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody, again for joining us. We'll be back next week with another regular lore episode. And until then, stay safe out there. We'll see you guys next time. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R, now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.